Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Season 2. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm Timothy Amundsen. And today, we have a very exciting episode for you guys. This week, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 1, American Duos. And how can I forget? We have the most amazing, kind, hilarious, uh, and beyond talented Steve Franks here I'm so excited for this one. Enjoy, you guys. Hello to all of our amazing listeners who've come back to season two of the most awesome podcast in the world. But Maggie, I got a question for you. What's that, Tim? Are you really ready to podcast the shit out of a second season of The Psychologist are in? I have never stopped being ready to podcast the shit out of any season of this show. That's what happens when you are born to podcast the shit out of episodes of, of the podcast you created. Well, Tim, I, I, I then have to ask you, um, are you ready to podcast the shit out of, out of season two of the psychologists are in? As long as I get to co-host with you, I'm born ready. <gasps> you guys, the love fest, the season two love fest has begun. And we have the one who brought us all together uh, to create this this love fest, the reason we're here, Mr. Steve Franks, Mr. Psych, El Jefe Psych, the the patron of the Psych family. I would exactly. Say, hang on, I'm getting a little um misty already. I know, I know, me that, too. That we do this a lot. Max. We get a very emotional on the show. Hi, Steve. I am super emotional as well. I'm already tearing up. This is going to be this is going to be like a, an episode of This Is Us. Uh, for me, and, but I, I'm I, I'm already planning on being on the show three times this season, and maybe more. At least, exactly. We should be so lucky. <laughs> oh yay! Good. This makes us so happy too. It's such a funny thing because it's like, if you are you around, are you sure? Is it is there time? Is it? Well, do you mind? And you're like, hell yeah! I, I'll do multiple. So thank you. Well, it's so fun, and it's it's actually kind of an embarrassment of riches listening to your show, which I've listened to every episode, even the ones I'm on, uh, and uh, it's just <laughs> it's it's like all these people are saying extraordinarily nice things, and uh, it's just it's it's overwhelming. Although I do I do want to put it on in the car while my kids are in there to see to say like, hey, see, people like me sometimes. I'm so happy you've been listening. It it has been like that. Every week has been. We all go back to you. You know, every single guest, every person, every time we're telling a story, every time Tim and I are are talking about memories and our 
love fest and our friendship and everything. It's just like, it, it all really did start with you. And I'm so happy you've been able to like, listen and hear everyone say all these things about you and, and your kids being able to hear it as well. Because all roads <laughs> well, it's extraordinary Frank's. and it's, you know, it just, it, it's, it's testament to how amazing of human beings you guys are um, uh-huh. that that it's also nice and just so you know now my bucket is full as they say you fill someone else's bucket I'm happy you can you can start saying nice things about other people and I, I won't <laughs> I won't feel slighted at all <laughs> put it this way Steve were to have another child which is not going to happen and that child were to be a male child as Luca Brazzo would say I would name him Frank and it wouldn't be named after Frank Turner it'd be named after you. <laughs> well, couldn't couldn't it be about both? Because if you've heard the new Frank Turner record, it's extraordinary. Yeah. And, uh, if I've heard, are you kidding? Yeah, I've already got my tickets for his, for the shows. They're touring. Uh, oh, right around my birthday. How nice that is! Oh, interesting, Tim. I see something. I see something developing here. <laughs> um. So, Steve, here we are. We're season two. Um. It was. So so fun to rewatch this episode. Um, I, there were so many things that I felt like by this time we all got got very comfortable. I love that there's a Tim Curry. There's an actual Tim Curry. No, in this. Um, yeah, I, I but, it's in my notes. Did you get yeah, a real, a yeah. real? No, no. Um, yeah. Watching this episode, what? Hey, Maggie, what episode are we talk about today? Oh, we are talking about season two, episode one, American Duos. Woo-hoo, which I think really has become now, it is the epitome of psych to me, rewatching this. I mean, because again, it's, it's been like, what, 27 years since I watched it when it first came out? <laughs> so rewatching it exactly. again last night and again this morning, because I want, I doubled up. Whenever people ask me, what, hey, what's your favorite episode? I've got my standards, which tend to be um, shocking, spoiler Lassiter-centric episodes. Here's Lassie and uh, Last Night Gus. But American Duos has now usurped those other two Lassie-centric episodes to be my very favorite. I feel it's so quintessential what our show became. It was the moment. It was, I mean, we were hinting at it uh, as you guys were talking about. We were hinting at it at the end of the first season. And Mm -hmm. this is where we made the full commitment, like, you know, right from the get-go that this is where we're heading. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was officially like hey remember remember you wanted that little detective show to go after monk uh this is something uh, a little different at this point and we really embraced i mean the, there's moments where i there's there, we'll get to them but there, there's moments where <laughs> i remember getting notes with going what was this uh section of this scene and uh and you know we 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 stuck to our guns and uh, uh it worked out but it's uh it's it's to me like it was it was the encapsulation of everything that uh that we knew we wanted to do down the road and we still hadn't figured out completely what we could do with the people involved we we were just starting to scratch the surface mm-hmm. but uh but this is the one this was our our announcement that uh this is a no, not a normal show <laughs> <laughs> so did you have an idea when we wrapped season 1 did you have an idea uh, you you knew what this episode, the premiere episode, was going to be, generally, and then did did James and Dulé weigh in on the Roland Dorzabel and Michael Jackson of it all, or how did all that come about? I, I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm almost certain that that came from James. Well, we knew that Michael Jackson was going to be uh, Dulé because we did Michael Jackson as our first psych out. And we knew we wanted to get Dulé dressed up in the costume. And we and we also learned 
there's no way we could ever afford an actual Michael Jackson song. So they would have to be doing some other song <laughs> there. <laughs> Which is funny too, because I was like, that's really shout. That's uh, really shout. In one of the scenes, I was like, oh, good for us. <laughs> it, was good. it was one of those things. If you use it once, use it twice. So, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and the other funny thing about this that, that that builds right out of that is our show is so um I don't know want to say sparingly budgeted but if you notice every song that a contestant sing is in the public domain <laughs> so there's they're auditioning which should be coming around the mountain and Ave Maria and uh because we couldn't afford even in, we couldn't afford anything that had been recorded in a hundred years, uh, but we embraced it. We went right with it, and we, and we knew we wanted to put all our money in Aha because we knew somewhere down the line, eight and a half, fifteen years later, we were going to make a movie with an Aha bit in it. So we just we wanted to set that up, you know. That <laughs> is so funny. It also, um, oh, this is a total total side tangent because early early on we see him but um there's in the country duo you know the guys um oh my gosh i'm forgetting his i know name. where you're ben, going with this ben cotton. ben cotton ben cotton who had already done season one. Oh, wait wait and then lester <laughs> had also been in the speed dating episode so we were already bringing back two characters that we clearly really liked but he did look so much if we were going on Ryan Seacrest he did look a lot like him so it was very funny well what's also amazing is we tried for uh this is Gus psych three we tried to get Ben Cotton to do uh, a part and we couldn't work the dates out oh. and uh um so we bring him back if, if people come and score for us you know we can uh, we can change somebody's hair totally yeah. Ben doing so a trifecta would have been um very appropriate for psych three good thing we have seven more of these movies to make guys good thing at least at, at least, least. Well, at least three of my email signature is going to uh, <laughs> I think, is I think come it's, to fruition. it's six right? manifest yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i just did quick math in my head yeah so you, steve's um for all y'all's steve's uh email signatures steve frank's director or i think it's creator of psych the movie was four out of six yeah, right. it, now it's four out of six now. Right. It, it was three out of six. Now it's gone up to four out of six. And yeah. I've been doing that. I have been doing that since, since I don't know, before season eight, the Steve Frank sucked the <gasps> movie. And then I added one of six. And so I, I believe you can talk things into existence. So, uh, so far I've talked three of them into existence. And, and, uh, and we'll see what happens with the other three. We need to do a, just a side episode on, on the magic of believing. We do actually, yes. This is a book I a, gave Tim uh, toward the end of uh, end of Psych, which has its own thing around it, and we'll tell you it's pretty wild. But uh, but you are basically doing that magic of believing um, uh, without even reading the book. He it's manifested so our show to become what it was. Yeah, Duos is really the episode that took us from the little show that could to the little show that did. <laughs> <laughs> And I just want to just to recap. So obviously written by the gorgeous, talented Steve Stephen Franks and James Roday. There are things in there that are so James I could never. I it's weird because after all this time, I can pick out. Oh, that's a James scene. I mean, obviously, when you're coaching the guys in the dance scene, there's yeah. only one. There's only one line of mine that I can even recognize in that scene, and I think it might be my favorite thing that I ever wrote for you, Maggie. And Tell I me. think the only addition was, uh, was it was, uh, suffice to say, I don't like liars who steal nail <laughs> polish and then pass out when you slap them <laughs> on the back of the head a little bit. I wrote that line down because I say it so fast, 
But as I was watching, I was like, did I just say that entire thing? It's not just like sniff nail polish, pass out. And when you slap them, it just kept going and going and going. And I was like, oh, this is up there. This has to be up there with one of my favorite Juliet lines ever. And it you deliver it with you, such um, a great, like you throw it away <laughs> with such passion too. You did it in one breath too, I think. That's one, one of, of my, as one I was of watching, my other favorite like, lines I that I got to say in this, 10 uh, times. the entire series was, um, well, Oats a little bit more probably. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that is a hundred percent a James, uh, thing. Although, I you know what? On the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I may have added, can, can I teach you to crunk? Because I had a friend <laughs> who had shown me a documentary about crunking, uh, which, uh, which was amazing. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Um, but that was it. That was all from that scene, that whole scene. It's just, it's so James and, and all of you. And I think I'm most excited because I finally, because listening to you guys all season, I finally got to see the term I'd never heard before, Pepto Pink in action. Uh, <laughs> Which in is all throughout now. Yeah. It like literally started as a as a, a Tim called out this this pink as Pepto Pink and now I realize now it's all I see I see it everywhere it's the Pepto Pink I'm in Pepto Pink almost every episode at some point. Well, you know what's great is I watched this episode to review so I would know something about it and uh, and the next one started which is 65 million years off which is uh, the one I, I wrote that one as well I, I don't know what I was thinking but. Uh, <laughs> But, you were having so, fun. Yeah. Well, in in the off season, in the off season, I'll tell you about the off season. But here's the great thing, Maggie, to, to relate to that and then button it up nicely. It was uh, opening scene. You're in Pepto Pink again in the next one. <laughs> so, oh, I cannot wait. So get ready. I cannot wait. <laughs> but I think I, I think I told you before. Like I used to at the end of, and it was from season one. At the end of each season we kept the writers for two more weeks and we just started writing worlds down that we wanted to do. And so I, you know, I wrote, I think I wrote Jurassic Park for the next one because <laughs> we wanted to do dinosaurs. Yeah. And then for this one, we just wrote American Idol. And uh, I had never seen American Idol before we went on the break and started researching it. So, so I was like, okay, so this is how, I mean, you, you would see clips and it was a phenomenon at the time. So, you know, it, it was easy to pick up on what it was. Uh, oh, but uh, so that, that was, that was, uh, this was, those were part of what we wanted to do for these, uh, for these worlds. And so many of them, so many of them, I remember from that board became episodes in season two. So you know, I do remember you talking a little bit about this the first time we we interviewed you, but now that we're at this moment between season one and two, two things. One, I would love if you remember any of the notes sort of out of like out of season one going into season two that anyone had about maybe more of this or less of this, or da, da, da. but also, um, didn't you used to take the writers on a field trip? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Talk we, about this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. For me, it's like if you sit around a, a conference table, which we never had a conference table, it was always had to be couches and it, there had to be a, a television in there that we almost never watched, but we just had to know there was a television in there. And we didn't have the all those like high-tech things where you would actually, you know, see the words that the writer's assistant was typing on the uh on the we didn't have that, but occasionally we could put something up or watch something for reference which was which was always very helpful but to me it was always about getting the room up on its feet because whenever we got stalled in something i say all right let's go for a walk and we were in manhattan beach where it's 
you go out the door, it's beautiful in any direction you walk. So we would start walking. The first 15 minutes of the walk is everybody just talking about their nonsense from their own day. But about 16 minutes in, suddenly people started talking and then there would be an idea and a breakthrough. And I don't think we ever didn't solve a problem by, uh, by, uh, um, by going on a walk. By the way, nice product placement of your, your set dressing of the, is that uh, songs in the big chair behind you? Oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. How perfect. Yes. You know, if you're, uh, if you're paying attention, it's it, but it's always there, but it was appropriate because the record is actually in the episode. Absolutely. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. This will definitely be the clip we use in social media, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, not viewers. Yeah, just like Max just said, we'll put it in the social media clip. There's a uh, framed album, Tears of Fears album behind Steve. Yeah. Just behind. So, which plays in. Yeah. We should probably say um, this episode was directed by the legend of John Landis. Thank you. Just sort of blanked out my head. John Landis came out, having just (laughs) come off the success of Scary Sherry. Yeah, and then to have him back and and to get Tim Curry, who and, was and his friend. It, it, that's the other thing about this episode that really made it go. Oh, this is this is we have arrived. We got the legend of Tim Curry. It was so that was so so cool. That was so exciting. I remember. I do remember. I think Landis talking about that. So maybe there was a little a little hint that this might that we we didn't know for what yet. But I remember us being like, we have to get Tim Curry on the show. We use his no. Uh-huh. Do his know all the time, but wait, Steve, you were going to tell us about field trips. Oh yes, okay, yes, field trips. So the besides the regular walking field trips, which I would do, you know, I would try to do every day. And when we get lunch, you know, we would, I would always want to walk to lunch. I, people, people probably wanted to walk about ninety percent less than I did, and <laughs> uh, but to me, it's like we'd solve problems. We would often we would walk all the way down to the Manhattan Beach Mall and find chairs in the middle of like little seating areas that they set up. And we would sit there and have story meetings. And, uh, and because, you know, hardly anyone knew who, what the show was, no one, no one cared what we were doing. And because we're in Manhattan Beach, no one cared about a bunch of, of dopey riders sitting around talking about, you know, talking about dinosaurs and, uh, and mummies and whatnot. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, so that was really fun. But then I, I started to feel like that wasn't enough. <laughs> and so, uh, so we started upgrading it when we did, uh, from the earth to the Starbucks, uh, a couple of us went up to Mount Wilson and we got to go, uh, we did a tour of the facility up there, which was really cool. We went to, uh, to universals. I, I don't know what it was like their costume warehouse for oh Sean versus red phantom. And that was really cool. And then since we were there, this is the, the most where I said, well, since we're there, I kind of feel like we need Universal Studios passes to mm. go in the park, uh, which we were able to get like five of them. So five of us went over there and we rode the mummy ride, which then the next season became a mummy episode. So uh, look at so, all your inspiration. Wait, didn't you also do like train? Didn't you take well, the train? Yes. Well, then the, the, so then the next year it it, like, it it had to keep building. And so, so my then, my then dream was, um, okay, we're all going to hop on a train because I ride on trains. Whenever I have a deadline and I'm, I'm screwed, I can't ride it in my office. I can't, I can't get anything done right there. So I hop on a train and I'll go to San Diego or whatnot, but sometimes I go to Santa Barbara. So uh, that's a four hour train ride from where I'm at. And then each direction then you eat, then you get back on the next train and come back. And it's interesting so it that you're using the word train instead of choo-choo like you normally do. Yeah, but choo-choo, you know, I, I thought I would. 
<laughs> I would class it up for you, Tim. I Thanks, thought it buddy. Would help. I was confused for a second. I was like, hey, why is he saying train? <laughs> <laughs> but we get we would get on the big Thomas and then uh, we would come back down. And so after that, I said, you know, I'm like in between seasons, it's like, let's do everybody get on the train. So we all got on. The, so the entire staff would get on the train and James would come with us and we'd go to Santa Barbara. And he never did this. But each year I asked him, can you please walk with me? to the Santa Barbara police station, just walk in the front door and say, I think I've solved a crime. <laughs> James, no, James will do anything, but he wouldn't do that. So. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I love it. Um, do you, do you remember anything? Were there any like hard no's from season one or like more of this for season two that network had or anyone was like, bringing to you at that point or were they just sort of like keep going because we were on a good run i i think they I, you know i think they liked it you know uh, they, i think they liked what we we're doing they wanted us to be more about the case but it's like sure we could be about the case but that's going to take away from the 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 songs and the bits and all those things so we would try to do a tight case that we can sort of weave in you know and and not make it feel like it was getting in the way uh but you know they were always about just the details of the mystery and then you know, they would kind of let us go on and do whatever we liked. Now, the great thing is we had we had John Landis in this one who, you know, was James's favorite, uh, you know, one of some of James's favorite sure. movies and mine, mine as well. And, and James had a very, uh, you know, interesting, uh, he was six when he saw uh, <laughs> American Werewolf in London uh, in the yeah. theater. Yeah. I had gone into LA with my dad who used to work security at the Roosevelt Hotel. And I used to I used to go in and hang out all day there. And I you get to bring a friend with me. So I brought my friend and I, because I was so tall, I looked old enough to buy <laughs> tickets <laughs> or or they didn't care at all. Uh one of those two. Kind of seems but straight. I ended the the Roosevelt on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, the haunted uh, Roosevelt Hotel on uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. And they would they would they would have a room available for them and we would go and we'd go to the same pizza place and we'd walk around and uh it was uh, it was spectacular and you probably probably shouldn't have your like 10 year old kids running around Hollywood, but it was a different era, you know, (laughs) they got to learn somehow different era. It was great. So I ended up, I ended up sneaking up and and saying two tickets, please. And I got in and, uh, and we watched that movie. And I, I, I remember exactly where I was sitting in the theater during that movie. And I remember how many times I jumped, you know, which parts were, were sort of quintessential, you know, in, in the development of of my of my appreciation for humor and my my appreciation for horror is you know nobody's can put theirs against James's but I I loved some of the stuff. <laughs> so sorry, did you see it at Grandma's Chinese, which is right across the street from Roosevelt Hotel? No, I think it was at the Pacific. I wished it was at uh, uh, at the Chinese at the time, uh, but I think we were down at the Pacific. And and Tim, you have just you've just hit upon the one superhero I used to have uh, one one super skill I used to have. Uh, besides the super sniffer, that was me, uh, which is which is a curse more often than than a gift. Yes, we've but I used to be able to remember every movie theater that I saw. Any movie you could name, any movie, up until I had kids, and then suddenly that all went away. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that to your brain. I'm but funny. yeah. But it was it was at the Pacific. It was at the Pacific Movie Theater, uh, oh. right there on Hollywood Boulevard as well. Quick aside. Yes. If you're a Billie Eilish fan, 
Steve, have you seen this? She was on Seth Meyers the other night um, and said that she has a super sniffer and that she can't. Did you see this clip? Yes, I did see oh, it. I'm so excited. I'm such a fan of hers. And I was so exciting. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, we have to get her on the pod for season two to talk about. She was like, oh, did you guys watch Psych? I, when I was a kid, I watched Psych. I love that show. And Seth Meyers was like, yes, yes. I uh, Not when I was a kid, but uh, I like that show or whatever he says. I was like, holy crap, Billie Eilish has a super zipper like Steve and I. And I knew there was a reason that I love Billie Eilish. And uh, it wasn't just because of Psych, but it just makes it makes her more amazing in my eyes and I'm I'm so excited when anybody's seen the show like the guy at 7-Eleven has seen the show exactly. it makes me very very happy but uh but hearing something like that is is extraordinary because we were for so long especially when duos was around we were such a small show no one in Vancouver even knew why we didn't didn't air there so which was a good and bad thing because we could walk around and we could film and no one, no one was stopping to look and see what we were shooting and, and care. So nothing was, no one was getting in the way of us. Right. Right. Uh, we weren't uh, getting paparazzi very yeah. much. There's, there's a really funny uh, thing that happened as well that uh, Christian Slater sent an email to me saying that he and his wife watched the show. Well, maybe Christian Slater. And I <laughs> I read it and it was and, and I read it and I go, okay, well, this is just one of my friends. And I did not ever respond because I didn't think it was a real thing. Because there's no way it was good. And so, and so someone told me, Christian Slater likes the show. And I go, oh my God. I got an email. So, <laughs> so I responded about a year and a half later. Like I go back to my email and like, oh thank God I still have it. But uh, it's so weird when anybody watches the show because we're such we are an unassuming show that existed on on it, which I guess was a very popular cable uh network at the time but right. i just never expected anybody was watching us right no and and still watching us yeah it's well it's crazy now there's more people now than you know by twofold there's more people now that know the show um than than did when we were on the air or even in the years after but i think it's being on the various streamers and i think we do pretty well on the uh on the peacock which everybody should sign up for the highest tier of that Yes, please. Because they pay to make our movies. <laughs> they pay to make our movies. We care so much about what we put in and on our bodies. But when it comes to vitamins, we still rely on blind faith. Too often, companies make their process and formulations intentionally confusing to keep their customers from knowing what's really going on. I'm sure you guys have heard this. I have heard this too. Uh, but with Ritual, there are no unnecessary ingredients. Did you hear that? Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. CEO and founder Katarina Schneider creates this multivitamin with the belief that better health begins with better ingredients. I love that Ritual was female-founded by a fellow mama. It's great. Katrina was pregnant and turned her house upside down trying to get rid of products with ingredients that she couldn't get behind. In her search for the ideal prenatal vitamin, she found questionable ingredients. She couldn't find a brand she trusted, so she just built her own. She's amazing. 
I love this company. Ritual is the simple, clean, and effective vitamin for men, women, kids, and future moms. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash pineapple and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash pineapple. How do we feel about a synopsis? How do we feel about a breakdown? And then uh, everybody chime in if you've uh, stopped me, if I um, if I hit a favorite memory. What a cute Coke glass you have. By the way, I think I got this at a dollar store. My wife's a school teacher. <laughs> and so she always has to go buy like 32 of everything for the kids. And, you know, we have to buy like 26 of, of this and all that. And then she makes little things for the kids. And then I saw this, this Coke glass. It's thin as paper. But it's giant, and I, I, I'm like the, I'm the most hydrated human being in the world. So it's the the giantest coat glass. And I, I thought this is going to last two months, and it's, it's going on about 17 years that <laughs> I've had this glass, you and I'm going to be, it. so just like be so sad. When, yeah, I'm going to be so sad when it's gone. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, it's going to be my hand that breaks it. So uh, like psych, we thought it'd be too much. You thought it'd be too much. Then 17 years later, here we yeah, are. Exactly, right, Max, Tim. I'm you putting my it. very professional notes out if you're going to do this in off-size. Oh, by the way, Tim. Tim, check phone. it out. Check it out. Ooh. Ooh, oh, we yeah. all have notes? We are this professional. Great, you know? Man, I put them in my phone this time, but my screen's cracked. So um, I'm, uh, yeah, but I can see it. I can see it. Steve, uh, you're our first guest who's prepared notes, I think. Oh, well, I, I, you know, I felt, I feel like I, last time I talked about Disneyland for about three hours and 20 minutes and then I, you guys edited it down perfectly. Um, but, uh, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to stay on, I'm going to stay on. I got to say, thanks to Steve already season two, we are bringing it on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. It's fire. It's fire already guys. Um, okay. Episode one of season two, American duos. Yay. Stop me. Interrupt me. It'll be fun. Um, oh, the pineapple sighting in this was a really good one and a very obvious one, and I loved it. <laughs> I, I was actually shocked that it was uh, that it was too easy to see. We we weren't getting we. It's interesting because I feel like by the end of season one, it was getting it was sort of clever. Um, and then I know as we go on, it, it's hard. But this one, I appreciated it. It was like it's a premiere episode. We're gonna give. We're gonna we're gonna present it as a gift, literally. <laughs> but you know, I think the most amazing thing about that that whole scene, and maybe we should wait till we get to it, okay. is we should we should because oh. there's or, or should we? Okay, the amazing <laughs> thing is it's she's in a hospital room, but it's downstairs in the psych office. <laughs> if you see hey. the walls, that's that's the psycho. That's not the psych office. It's the police station. Oh, it is the police station. That is so funny. It is the police station. Walls, yeah, it's right, right into the, where the interrogation rooms and the, and the holding cells are. And it, we must have truly ran out of money. Um, <laughs> because it's a big episode. That's pretty early in the season to run out of money. Yeah, it would. No, that's pretty much about right. <laughs> <laughs> before the, even before the episode's even over. But the great thing, eight, eight years, eight seasons, three movies, never once were we over budget for a season. Never. Boom. Because another brilliant thing about you, Steve Franks. Well, I think we're, we're cheap. There's something really funny too that that happens in the movies is when they show the props. Um, when we when I direct an episode, when they, when I'm, when I'm allowed to do that, they um, sometimes they used to have the the prices of the props on the, <laughs> each individual prop, 
and or for set deck and all that stuff, they actually have started blocking them out. So I can't see them because I'm like, oh my God, $140 for that? No, we don't need to have that. <laughs> so, so I am actually so frugal as a, as a director and producer that uh, that, I'll, that I will take props out or uh, or set deck. So. And therefore, we've never been over budget. And I don't know if any of any other TV show in the history of TV shows could say that. So there you go. I hope so. I hope, I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're sticking to the course and, and all that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Pineapple sighting in this is Sean brings uh, Emelina pineapple when he visits her in the hospital. It's very obvious um, and, uh, and very sweet. Um, okay, I'm going to start at the beginning. Ready? Yes. Okay, cold open. Young Sean and young Gus prep for a talent show. Gus dresses as Michael Jackson, even though he's supposed to be Billy Ocean. Young Sean is livid. <laughs> Cut back to present day. Sean and Gus watch a, uh, an American Idol knockoff show called American Duos. Gus loves it. Sean hates it. Luckily, Sorry, can I interject? Present day in this episode is 1987, which for those of you paying attention at home and playing along, is the year I graduated high school, which means it's the year that Maggie Lawson started seventh grade. <laughs> I have to. Oh, my God. That's and amazing. While they're, while they're and, watching the show, they um, there's many references to TiVo. See, for our millennials, there was this thing called TiVo, which then replaced the phrase, um, I'm going to tape it. Now it's, it became, I'm going to tape, I'm going to TiVo it. Oh, right, right. TiVo now, of course, it. I'm just going to DVR it. Okay. So as they're watching the, um, the American Idol, the American duos, American Idol knockoff, uh, we we have, we've got a first. I think it's a first. Tell. The psych show first. You're all ready? I'm ready. Sit down. It's, I think it's the very first. Gus, don't be uh dot dot dot. Is it oh. the first? First for yeah, season two, it? certainly. Porcupine. What is it? Rabbit what does he say? Gus to be a rabbit porcupine. Yeah, that was uh, that was the the one, and I didn't know that was the first. That's uh that's amazing. I could be totally wrong, y'all. Y'all, you can um I don't know. I'm sort of getting southern because I'm around Maggie. Um, <laughs> but our, our dear uh, listeners, you can uh, comment in on the social medias and say, no, Tim, you're wrong. It was not the first. The very first was, and then I will come back on next week and go, touche, listener <laughs> X. You won again, haven't you? I've also got uh, two psych premonitions in this one. Ooh, I love this. Tim keeps track. Have you noticed this? Oh, season? no, that's great. That's great. He keeps track of everything we predicted in season one and things that came true later. Go, go ahead, Tim. I love his list. So the first one is the reference to Kurt Smith, who had come on to, of course, be a legendary um, friend of the show and super favorite guest star. Yeah. And actual, honest, got a rock star. Who has a new album out with um, yes. Through Tears for Fears? The tipping point is out, everybody. Get it wherever you get your music. Yeah, it's it a fantastic really album. Thank you, Kurt. We love you. Okay, number two is um, Lori Laughlin, who eventually came to, came to do our show. Oh, she did do our show. That's right. Yeah, it was right. she did, in season season seven. The nip and suck it, is it? Yes, that, that's right. Yeah, it was. It was the plastic surgery episode. How did you pull out what season it was? You're a genius. <laughs> well, it was strange because uh, the first pilot I ever wrote, Lori was in. And so, uh, and so it took, I think it took seven years to get her. And, and I actually still, once again, we should ask the viewers cause I may be wrong or the listener, sorry. Uh, but I think it's, uh, I think it's nip and suck it in uh, season seven. And we would always see her, you know, there are certain people you see in Vancouver all the time. Yeah. 
Uh, Nathan Fillion. I, uh, for some reason, I'm always walking down the street when Nathan Fillion is walking down the street. <laughs> and I've never, I've never gotten to speak to him, even though I'm a huge fan of his. So that's amazing. One of the nicest guys in the business, by the way, is Mr. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. And he's friends with like all of you. Yeah, he's, yeah, everybody, everyone knows him. I actually don't know him, but I, I, everyone who knows him says he's just the nicest person. Ooh, maybe it's like four. Um, anyway, maybe we should get him in psych four. There we go. Hey, by the, by the way, speaking of, of, of perhaps future uh, of psych premonitions, the reference to Billy Ocean is a pre pre premonition in that I have always wanted to get Billy Ocean into the psych world. And I will find a way before we're all 93 to, uh, to somehow wrap Billy Ocean into our, uh, into our universe one way or another. If not Ocean Eilish, yeah, exactly. We can yes. we would take we'll take either one. I, it's so funny. That's so funny, Steve. And I cannot. I can't wait. And I hope that uh, I hope Billy Ocean. The Billy Ocean reference is sooner than later. And I hope for uh, we can have Billy Eilish in too. I tell Tim he has Ocean Eyes, which is a Billy Eilish song. So <laughs> okay, back. That's Let's reference. go back. To the show. Okay, so um, luckily Sean gets a call from Juliet asking them to come to the police station. Gus is pissed because American Duos is still on. The head judge, Nigel St. Nigel, waits in the chief's office. Gus fangirls. <laughs> Devin, I love you so much. I love I love how she writes these. Nigel claims that a crazed fan is stalking and attempting to kill him. Uh, they decide to go undercover to help protect Nigel, a.k.a. Tim Curry. So good. And- Legend and th- that he's, sorry, I, I gotta stop real quick and interject. In that chief, in that scene in Chief Vic's office, when you all rewatch the episode for the psych rewatch podcast, see how I tie that in every time? I think just over um Kirsten's um shoulder is a baby picture, which I'm pretty sure is probably, must be Lena. It is. That's baby Lena. So it's like, oh, it's baby Lena. That's her real baby. Yep, absolutely. And and it stayed uh, behind her desk for most of the run of the show. Yeah, that's uh, right. That, that exact picture. And and the great thing too about John Landis is there is an amazing moment in that uh in that scene where Tim Curry stands up and completely blocks Kirsten. <laughs> and oh, yeah, then to go like that. <laughs> and then she yeah. leans in and it's the most John Landis thing of all time and and you know as as fans uh, James James's favorite movie was American Werewolf. Mine was The Blues Brothers. So, mm-hmm. you know, comedy movie at the at yeah. the very least. And uh and so, you know, we we stylized so much of what we wanted to do after John Landis. And, you know, James talked about Landis sitting down and going to dinner with him and saying, this is what directing is. I think both James and I learned directing from Landis, you know, just in our limited time on set. We didn't take, he was, he didn't know he was teaching me anything, but uh, (laughs) I got a question for question for our guest. Since we're talking about Tim Curry and Landis, do we get, we get Curry through Landis? Cause I know those guys had a, previous relationship work-wise. I think, how, yeah. how do we get Tim Curry on our show? Well, first of all, it was the writing. It was always the writing. Always the writing. Uh, Duh. <laughs> he was like, Steve Brinks wrote this. I'm in. And James Roday. And James Roday. Yeah, and James yeah. Roday. <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah, that uh, I think through land, I mean, we, we obviously thought about Tim Curry the whole time. For us, it was like writing this thing. The, the most fun we had was coming up with the names 
um, because uh, Nigel St. Nigel was a great one, and uh, Emmalina Saffron. Uh, we're, and, and I, James and I were just back and forth, back and forth all day long with the names, and we couldn't get some of them to clear. And the hardest one to get clear was Zapato Dolce, which means sweet shoe in the uh, in- <laughs> <laughs> And we kept we kept throwing out truly ridiculous names, and they were all people. Like the Emmeline, the versions of Emmalina were actual real people. That's so funny. So they had to get more and more ridiculous. But Nigel St. Nigel never was a problem. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> and and yeah, and and you know, the saddest thing about this episode is that I would I would run the writer's room down in um, in Manhattan Beach, and then I would be able to come up for my episodes. But I couldn't come up for my episode on this one because I had written two in a row, and I couldn't be out of the office for three weeks. So I uh, I had to stay home for most of this one, and then I came up for 65 million years off. So I never got to be there when Tim Curry oh. was there. I was only there on the phone when we did the we did the read through back when we actually did read throughs. Oh, that's right. So, uh, question but, for August. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hi, Tim. Long time listener, first time questioner. Oh, hello, Tim. Uh, so, wonderful uh, hair you have. With uh, Gina yeah. Gershon, she was so incredibly funny this episode. How much of her zaniness of saffron was written in versus how much did she come up with? We wrote that character really, really broad. And in fact, we we knew we could go crazy um, with that particular character because of sort of, uh, you know, what we were basing the whole show off of uh, at the time. So we a lot of it was really crazy. But there's there's moments like to me that my my favorite moments are when when she's drying out in the interrogation room behind you tim when you're talking to chief uh, so the chief it's she's just there's the so oh. she's just having full on withdrawals and in the in the background and once again that's another classic landis thing to just yeah. fill the back of the frame with so much funny stuff going on and and she was uh, just so extraordinary. She, you know, we talk about Tim Curry as a get, but she was an amazing get as well. No and, kidding. And I don't know I'd ever seen her be that funny. So I, I just asked, how is she not in a comedy right now? Because she kills in this episode. The perfect subscription box for mouthy mofos. Smart ass and sass sprinkles sarcasm and cuss words into every box. Is profanity not the spice of life? This box is not for those with a weak sense of humor and will definitely remind you that no matter what life throws at you, it is best to just keep laughing. Smartass and Sass items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team, a group of really mouthy mofos who want you to get a good laugh in your day. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. I'm sure I said this before, I am obsessed with this box. It is hilarious. Every single item in there is so funny. Um, it's a lot of like office. Well, one of the boxes I got had a, had some office supplies in it, which I thought would just be great because you could like totally cheer up a coworker or just have the office laughing. It's really cute stuff. Um, I think I talked about the dishes that I love that were in there. They were like these little dishes, almost look like soy sauce dishes. And each one of them had writing in them. And one said you, the other said Ben, and the other one said poisoned. Ugh. I love them so much. Um, anyway, I would totally recommend this uh, to anyone 
And um, I really, really, really love it, if you can't tell. Uh, each big box comes with one SNS design t-shirt between uh, seven, and, you know, seven and nine unique items and is valued at $90 plus for only $54.95. Guys, such a good deal. Subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. Use code PINEAPPLE for 10% off your first subscription or shop order. Follow Smartass and Sass on social media for your daily dose of attitude. Oh my God. And, and it was, by the way, think, speaking of a first there, Tim, that this is the, like the, the, the love affair that goes on between the arc of the love affair between Lassiter and Emelina is so phenomenal and so unexpected. And even, even I was forgetting that that happened. And, <laughs> when he says so it, when she's in the hospital, the shockingly erotic, I think he calls her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, god okay, that so was the, the greatest i actually wrote that line down uh it, because it was <laughs> it's so good i forgot about that too i forgot that that your 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 little love affair yeah ju- you judge the book by its filthy loathsome <laughs> wickedly erotic cover possibly diseased <laughs> Possibly disease. That's right. <laughs> there was, and speaking okay. of stuff that got that had to get cut, James and I wrote a whole segment where because she disappears, she has to disappear for them to think that that she's the one who did it, and she ends up sleeping on a guard shack in the parking lot somewhere. <laughs> and we wrote this whole sequence that we 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 sort of reference it uh, because we couldn't afford to do it. Yes. Yeah. You sort of flash back and it's just a close up of a car, but we had her sleeping on top of a, uh, a guard shack. And it was, uh, it was one of those things that was a budget killer um, because it was just this little thing and it wasn't going to last long enough. But, uh, so they, but hang on. man, did they amazing. film the guard shack? Because I thought in, I thought in the episode, she refers to sleeping on top of a car. Yeah, yeah, she does sleep on the car. There's there's a there's a uh, blink if you, and you'll miss it flashback of her like on a car. But I think it's Marco shooting her from from a foot and a half away. Yeah, Marco it's like Ciccone. a and Marco Ciccone. He's he's she's that's where the look at me comes from because his shirt he's wearing is a pato shirt that says look at me and yeah. Uh, so we cut back to that. It was uh, very funny. I was like, oh, there she is, there she is on the car in the parking lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so we'll continue. Sean and Gus arrive as a duo on the competition show. They poorly sing Take On Me. Uh, Nigel shockingly votes yes, while the other judges uh, and hosts protest. All of a sudden, a stage light almost drops on Nigel. Nigel yells at the host, claiming that he almost died. The host tells him he's just paranoid. Sean and Gus hear a singer practicing scales beautifully. His name is Bevan Rennie Llewellyn. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is named after uh, is named is named after a friend of mine from elementary school. Whoa! Uh, you are yeah. Kidding the, me. the the Bevan was was added, but uh, but one of my best I'm friends, and uh, and he was he was one of the early people whose uh, name was jumbled up and then uh, put into the shrine of of funny psych names. <laughs> Um, oh, this is such a good name. Um, and since he doesn't have a partner, he plans on singing both parts. Sean instantly claims he did it. Shortly after, a cowboy duo walks out. Sean claims they did it. <laughs> ben <laughs> Cotton. Sh- ben Cotton. There is Ben Cotton. Cut to Sean and Gus up in the lighting area. The host notices them and kicks them out. I, I have something very vital for that thing. And this this has to be James's line. But Ben Cotton says that Nigel... Nigel said they were a curious cocktail of inbreeding and type 2 diabetes. <laughs> and he's so excited to say it, too. 
such a good line. So it's sorry to interrupt, uh, but no, uh, but I, I don't point. want I don't want to uh, allow James's brilliance uh, um, to go by. Right. And uh, sorry oh. to go back in the Vic scene when Chief Vic says Detective Laster is going to be taking like on your case and. Tim Curry gives me, Nigel St. Nigel gives me, I think the favorite insult I've ever been given by anyone, which is he says that Lasseter's hair looks like it's been poured from a cake mold. <laughs> which originally I was like, oh, it's a little hardful, but um, spot on when I think, which actually, because I, I, I originally, when I talked to our hair, our hair stylist at the time, I was like, I, I want him to have sort of G-man hair. So it was pretty much, it did really look cake moldish when I. Wait, we haven't, we have to get to, we're going to get to the Mr. Bean reference too. Um, oh, hang on. Go, sorry, go Sean ahead. Sean I's Juliet trying to copy the dance moves of another contestant. Sean and Gus, which is my favorite parts. Sean and Gus arrive at Nigel's trailer. Uh, Sean tells Nigel not to smoke a cigarette because he realizes uh, he was set up again for a potential murder. Sean notices that there's an open wire and that he could get electrocuted. Oh, Last pause, year, sorry. Oh. Um, and Nigel St. Nigel takes exception because the cigarette case is from, I believe, the lead scene of the Bay City Rollers. It's like, you snuck in a Bay City Rollers reference, dude. That was so me. Les McEwen was there, and I actually have seen the Bay City Rollers uh, in concert. Uh, well, I, I snuck in at the very end. My sister was a, was a diehard Roller Mania um, fan oh. uh, in the Roller Mania era. And uh, um, and and Les McCune, who uh, who God rest his soul, died last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get that reference in so badly. <laughs> Love it, so good. And Juliet watching the um, hip hoppers dance and starting oh to like she just can't stop the stop the rhythm in hers. One of my favorite moments. It's so yeah, hilarious. Yeah, she can't help herself. She can't help herself. She's just like, I'm, I, I have to, I, there's a beat. I got to move. I got to move. Rhythm's going to get you. It's going to be, rhythm's going to get you. Uh, I love it. And the boys so, clocking. That's hilarious. Um, Lasseter is back at the police station on lockdown. There's been an attempted murder. Sean and Gus are in the interrogation room. Sean and Gus asked Juliet to be their choreographer. Lasseter interviews one of the judges in the interrogation room, Zapato. He isn't, ta- uh, he's not taken seriously. Next comes Emelina. Sean notices a sandwich pick in the shape of a sword uh, while walking the hallway of hotel with Nigel. Nigel lets them into his room. There is food waiting for him. It's a sandwich. Sean refuses to let him eat it. Sean thinks the sandwich isn't from the hotel kitchen and it's poisoned. As per usual, Sean was right. During the interrogation, Emelina, oh, it's good it's in here, refers to Lasseter as Mr. Bean. Spot on. Our very first Mr. Bean reference. Wait, wait. Devin says spot on. (laughs) Thanks, Devin. (laughs) I love it. These are good. She's giving us little nuggets now. She keeps asking for her bag and even flirts with Lassie. Gus and Sean get a dance lesson from Juliet. (laughs) Yeah, in that interrogation scene, one of my favorite lines from Lasseter ever is the, um, I never thought I'd see this, make the sound, but the ooh. Oh, oh my! <laughs> that was delightful when I read that. Oh, I have it in my Ew. notes, Tim. It's Ew. so. I, I never thought that I would make this sound. <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but you and you, you <laughs> delivered it. Oh my god! But this is really one of my favorite scenes. The turn on the hot lights, and um, you and I going to do the Lindsay Hop, and I said Lindsay Hop, and re, I looked at it, but it's actually Lindy Hop. I, I, you know, I do, I wasn't going to correct you because it was funny that you said that. And I got the Lindy hop from Mel Damsky, our uh, producer director, who, uh, who also needs to be on the, uh, on the psychologist podcast. Oh, Mel uh, will be on. We've uh, that's on one of my notes. Mel Damsky has to, he has 
Totally. And but Kelly Kolchak. We got to get Kelly Kolchak no, on. Coming on too. These are all our, we've got our season two uh, dream. Uh, I, I'm so excited. I don't want to, I don't want to overpromise on guests who, you know, may not be available or all that. <laughs> but you know, the interesting thing too, about the Mr. Bean uh, line. And then there's Tony Randall later that, uh, that goes in. We were trying to think of all the people and the original one that we wanted to do was flat Stanley. <laughs> and it's one of the few yeah. times we've ever gotten a note saying, don't do this, please. Uh, because I guess they were going to have a flat Stanley movie and somebody flagged it. And we ended up like, really? It's just, he's just, you're just calling him flat Stanley. Uh, so the, that was the one we couldn't use. We, we've, we've done all <laughs> these other Stanley things. Was too far. <laughs> it was a bridge too far with the flat <laughs> Stanley. <Too far. laughs> Um, okay. So, uh, we have our oats a little bit more probably seen, um, (laughs) Devin, it's very flash dance. Juliet is being quite intense about these dance moves. (laughs) (laughs) So previously in the last episode, I'd said in scary Sherry, your Mary Lou Baumgarten was my favorite comedic performance viewers. (laughs) This scene has usurped that. This scene is my favorite comedic performance of yours in the entire season of the show. Seri- the, all the seasons of the show. You are Aww. so spot on hilarious in this. Thank you. Well, when you, I mean, that, when you get your angry, your angry purse face, or purse, <laughs> your, the O'Hara tight face is hilarious. <laughs> Well, and what's so great is we really established early that Juliet, when she goes undercover, goes way overboard. Like she, she has no like regulator. No, 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 there is no, it's, 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 it's all, all in, all in the second she's, she's told she's going undercover. Um, Uh, And you know, Maggie, by the way, we rolled right past the, uh, um, the the great Gina Gershon uh, moment where uh, she she says to Lasser that yeah, I see you've got a hole in your heart. Just come yeah. on, fill it up with saffron. <laughs> saffron. Saffron. Oh, that's in my notes. It's not. I'm looking. I'm not looking at my phone, but it is. It's like oh, there's a hole in your heart. <laughs> One another favorite cycline all time, all time. Oh, and and then Tim says he's going to crack her like a bad back, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is actually a line. In, in back when we had a really good. This is psych merchandise when NBC was selling it. And we had the talking bobbleheads. That's one of the lines in the talking bobblehead. Oh, wow. I'm going to crack you like a bad back. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. Oh, she also so calls, me, calls me Count Chocula, which is the first time I'd ever heard that one. Uh-huh. Count Chocula, again, one of my yeah, favorite. Okay, that's uh... pretty valid. Oh, that's another one. It was so good. Okay, should I continue? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I go ahead. In his hotel room looks inside the people, outside the people. It's McNabb. He's there to deliver food. Nigel puts noodles in his microwave. He begins to read the newspaper and hears another knock. They both notice a smell. The microwave blows up. They're both covered in dust and glass. That was very cute. Their little snuggle. Gus and Sean decide to drop off Nigel at Sean's dad's house for more protection. Sean's dad. <laughs> there, <laughs> there it is. is. There it is. Okay. So they go to Henry's house for more protection. Lasher watches the crazy girl judge. <laughs> Emelina. She remembers someone going through her purse. She threatens to pee on something again. Again. <laughs> Henry brings dinner to the table. Oh my God. I love this scene. This is one of my favorite. This, this is, I, I think, yeah, one of my, um, in an episode that has a lot of scenes that, that appeal to me. I don't, you know, I'm not saying, I, I don't want to ever claim what we're doing is high art. But in an episode <laughs> that has many, many great moments, this dinner scene, I still say to this day, <laughs> the, these fillets actually smell promising, Horace. <laughs> fillets. Oh, Horace. <laughs> <laughs> Calls him Horace. And of course, there's even a better quote that comes up later with the, with the uh, robe. robe. Which then the Henry Preston says, the, the ribeye, they're not, they're not fillets. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
But the robe line, because we're about to go through. What is the give us the whole line, Steve? What is it? The um, it, it, what is it? It's I feel like I've been swaddled in a uh, cloud? in a cloud of uh, something cloud candy in a something cloud of candy. something of cloud candy. There's the word babies in there somewhere. Oh, I know. I, I no, no, no. I feel like an angel baby swaddled in a cocoon of cloud candy. And if you don't think that that's a James O'Day line, then you don't know anything <laughs> about James. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Not just a baby, an angel baby. (laughs) Creating goals and habits always feels great when you first start out. But trying to stick them into your already busy daily routine, well, that is another story. I know for me, I have tried so many times to uh, turn my phone off even just for a little while during the day to like unplug. Yeah, not so much. Um, So if you're like me and you need that extra coaching to keep you on track, then it is time to try Fabulous. Fabulous is the habit-building app that gives me the tools and skills I need to feel healthier, more productive, and fulfilled. Fabulous helps me drop those bad habits while helping me build new healthy ones that stick. Unlike other wellness apps, Fabulous takes a holistic approach by focusing on self-improvement, mental and physical health, mindfulness, and productivity to build a daily routine that works for me and my lifestyle. Fabulous uses behavioral science, and it breaks down those scientifically proven healthy habits into a daily routine of very small tasks that I can easily achieve every single day. They really do make it so easy. If your goal is to be healthier, Fabulous can help you make that change. This app breaks the goal down into tiny daily tasks like reminding you to drink water, exercise, or even disconnect and unplug. See, there it is. This app has actually helped me do that. I'm doing it now for like an hour a day, which I never thought I would be able to do, but you can start small just for a couple of minutes, like turning my phone off. That's what I mean. I'm unplugging. Um, And it's been really helpful with that. And uh, also to keep me on my toes, Fabulous also offers dedicated programs and challenges to adapt Uh, to your needs. So uh, one of the ones that they have that I love, I may have talked about it on here before, is the gratitude um, challenge, which is just so, so nice. It just puts you in the perfect mindset in the beginning of the day of, of being in gratitude and being in peace. And it's very, it puts you in a great state of mind for the day. It's also just a really nice thing to do. And uh, as they say, very mindful, it's mindfulness. Um, Anyway, and I've really, really, really loved that. It has just really put every day in a, in a it started every day off on the right foot. So, um, so start building your ideal daily routine today with Fabulous Premium. Get 25% off Fabulous Premium by going to thefabulous.co slash pineapple. That's thefabulous, T-H-E-F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S dot C-O slash pineapple for 25% off Fabulous Premium thefabulous.co slash pineapple. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. But even the, the line before that, where he looks at at, at Sean's dad, Henry, and yes. says, <laughs> nose, hair, nose hair trimmer, invest. 
<laughs> oh, so good. Yes. And the Chris Christoffers, I remember James and I going on and on about the, uh, uh, the, the uh, going on. I think we actually had walked through Henry's, Henry's place and we're just trying to riff on it. And uh, I, like if I was going to make furniture, I would have made it out of something that never drifted. Yeah, it would never, d- never drifted. <laughs> uh, so much fun stuff. In there. And I have a sonnet for every um, fishing okay. piece of fishing memorabilia in there. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Sonnet. Um, so Lassiter holds, holds Emelina off and then uh, uh, gives her her purse back. But she notices there is a shadow in her hotel. Um, in her hotel room, there's a man in all black attacking her. He syringes her with something. After hearing the news, Nigel wants to cancel the show, but the, the host won't let him. Gus and Sean sneak around. They pose on the wall this moment and to allow the entire moment to happen. And that when the man goes by, the old man goes by in the wheelchair. The slowest moving electric oh, wheelchair ever. Yes, but it's all in. The whole moment is in start to finish. It's so good. It's so good. Do you want to guess which moment the network wanted us to, to trim? (laughs) I can in in all of their defense. It was early. It was early in season one, but it it was the moment they're like, what are you guys doing? What, what does the person not see them there? But I think you buy back the whole thing in that there's no guard at the front door. There's no reason for them to be doing that. Uh, when, right. they, when they get to the door, there's no guard there. There's nobody. Uh, and, and why should there nobody be? Kicking them out. There's no literally no reason for them to do that at all. That's what and makes which, so- which one of you, sorry, Maggie, which one of you emailed that network note back and said, damn your logic. <laughs> I think we just, I think we just, uh, we, we just, um, kind of pocket what I like to call the pocket veto where we would forget, um, to do it each time, or we would trim a few frames out and then say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we turned it down and the six frames. And so like uh, an American idol when the, the judges will have one save a season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. That's so funny. There, there were so many things to to that were that were off of what we'd established. You know, that were outside the lines. Um, but they had to pick something that was a bridge too far. So that was the <laughs> moment, and that was pretty. You know, it, it's 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 such a, Lan- a John Landis moment. If you if you know John Landis's work. Yeah. That uh, that clearly John was the was the the architect of how uh, <laughs> of how that would go and how slow that thing would happen. But uh, but I, I love it. I just love it so much. So good. Um, okay, Sean has a key, sneaks into Emily's hotel room. Sean notices a weird twinkle when he shuts the light off. There's a jewel in the toilet, the same jewel from the contestant who wanted to sing by himself. Sean refuses to pick it out of the toilet and tells Gus to do it. He calls Juliet and tells her to, to bring gloves. <laughs> Lassiter sits with Emelina while she's comatose. Sean so Jules fishes out the jewel. The, I, j- uh, Jules fishes out the jewel. That's right. Well, no, I, just, no, sorry, I just realized another an, another psych, psychic premonition in this, in this show. Jules. When uh, the reference to Lassiter is being Tony Randall. Oh. I years later did a, a small part in a movie called Down With Love that Tony Randall was in, which is kind of based on Pillow Talk with the original Tony Randall was in. And I have a great picture of me and Tony that I kind of cherish because it's, I've got this very, my haircut and suitor very much what like him back in the day. More That's psychic so premonitions. More psychic. Oh, guys. All right, here we go. Sean brings a pineapple as a gift to see Emelina. 
Lasseter is weirdly into her. <laughs> <laughs> Not weirdly. I think he's seen, you know, he's seen oh. her go through. He's inadvertently gotten her to dry out from the drugs. He's he, he caressing her forehead. I had totally forgotten that. And watch it. Bust out laughing. Watch that today. Good. Strangely erotic, I think, was the term he uses. And what uh, I love is I don't I think this is the type of woman that that Lasseter never would have allowed himself to be, you know, to be near and someone who's just so free. And she awakens something in him. And uh, I think it's a sweet and wonderful thing. And the and opposite I th- I of look- Victoria. <laughs> exactly. I love it so I love it so much. I think it, it's sweetest. And you must go back to that scene and watch it. And the second you think, oh my God, that's downstairs in the psych <laughs> or in the, in the police station, not the psych office, the police station. That's the SBPD. Um, all right. Hang on. Wait, Sean brings me. Okay. We find out that the single contestant is secretly working with someone from the inside. This is also inside. a first. Oh, well, I don't know if it's a first, but this is where it really, I really. I don't think it was the first, but it was certainly the first. It was really used, as you were we saying. Nail but... it in. We nail it in here. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's pronounced. Sean and exactly. Sean and Gus interrupt the two country guys singing to tell them who the killer is. Turns out the contestant had teamed up with Zapato, the other male judge. <laughs> I love I love it. Sean and Gus perform Shout by Tears for Fears. Gus dresses like Michael Jackson, just like in the cold open. Uh, uh sorry, James I love that. Yeah. As Rodet's talking to Zapato. Or I think he Rodet mispronounces Zapato and Zapato. And he's Latin. It's and not it takes Zapato? the Latin actor to go Zapatos. Yeah. <laughs> he on, does. One, sorry, I just got to go back to the um, one of my favorite moments. The uh, Gina, the scene with, when Gina Emelina is in the uh, coming out of her coma and slaps Lasseter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me tell you, she really went for it. So, and <laughs> every take, and, and she was like, "Should I pull this?" And Landis is like, "No, just slap him." <laughs> so it got to the point where I could not flinch. Stop! I could not flinch before every every take. Like, you're flinching. You got to stop. Like, you're going to let let stuff the shit out of you. I love, by the way, speaking of premonitions, uh, you know, you do deliver the line. She woke up from her coma. Rabbit punched me in the sternum. And that might be the the, the Sternbush. Or did did we already mention that in? uh, Sternbush was dating. Speed dating. dating. Okay. All right. There we go. Um. All right, so they perform. Juliet watches from the wing, uh, wings like a true stage mom. Nigel is the only judge left. He tells the audience to sit and stop cheering. He bullies them into leaving the stage. Mike dropped. And we, and now, oh, wait, I'll let everyone add in their notes. We have fan questions, too. I, okay, I do have a note. So while they're performing Shout, Dulé is doing his dance routine, and he's doing the moves from, from Thriller. Which, of course, John Landis directed the video to Thriller. Insane. <laughs> I, was, I don't know who came up with that. I was like, somebody's a genius there. Yes. That was, pro- that was probably Dulé. And you see Dulé, you know, uh, he's moonwalking in fog, you know, and it's, it's fantastic. And I do believe that, that that theater was, it was like a group of tourists who came in <laughs> and were brought in. 
<laughs> as the background. Yes, and oh, I think John Landis was like, "Stand up, sit down." You know, John who's who doesn't doesn't pull like Gina Gershon does not pull his punches no. when it comes to um, giving direction. He's very direct. Uh, uh, he yeah. had that crowd going crazy. But if you if you look at the composition of the age group of that crowd, it's not a, a traditional American Idol style crowd. They no, just got off a cruise ship in Vancouver, and somebody was like, "Hey, you want to be on a TV show?" And they're like, "Sure." <laughs> I just I, I want to my arm at one moment for one second. There's the scene where um, we're in the police station. We realize that um, we found the fingerprints of um, oh yeah, saffron. That's so good. One of the few times I ever really got an improv, I was massively proud of. When I say to uh, Sean and Gus, we found prints, and um, I pitched to them under a cherry moon. Yeah, or in a, in a Prince, little, the singer's Prince, the fingerprints. So, but I was always really proud of that. I thought it was particularly clever for that one. Tim, I did not know that was you. And not only that, I was shocked when I watched this episode because I've always thought that that line was in From the Earth to Starbucks. And so when it showed up here, I go, oh, my gosh. And I that is one of my all-time favorite improvs from sent down from uh, Vancouver. So kudos to you for uh, for coming up with one of my favorite lines in the history of the show. I was just thrilled that it made James laugh when I said it to him. Oh, my God. And the delivery and everybody, everybody the, the, the triplet there. Uh, yeah. uh, a little bit of a Corvette under Cherry Moon. Yeah, fingerprints. You just yeah, you're you. It, it's it's magnificent. Your uh, your timing there and the, and the and the bounce off of it and it's, it's so it's, so good. There is a a little hidden tribute. My second one to the weirdest thing of all is there's a tribute to um, Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one, <laughs> the Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, in the in the pilot, I say you have to be without doubt the worst. <laughs> the worst detective I've ever seen. And then here, uh, Nigel says, you have to be, without doubt, the the worst uh, the singer. I don't know what he said, but it is it is a Jack Sparrow line. And I oh, just replaced so pirate good. with there's whatever. A pirate, uh, there's a pirate backstage, isn't there? <laughs> oh, my God. And, the, and how about those things behind you, Maggie, when you're on the side? I think John got every prop that uh, that was on the lot and i walked by those at the prop warehouse for the next seven years uh, <laughs> and, and re- remembered them all from that episode i wrote there's that a down statue of, of like captain oh. morgan backstage yeah. next to you totally totally <laughs> when you guys get to in plain fright i have to imagine that the haunted um ride that they find the dead body in that disappears has to have some of those items in it because at least the pirate <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I'm honestly uh, surprised that pirate isn't s- s- right behind you next to your Indiana Jones. Um, yeah, we got to get that pirate machine. For you Steve. you know the only pirate. the only thing I got from the set is uh, is I got the Despero um, the Despero knife that had the, was supposed to have oh, the key awesome. in it that opened up the uh, the Harrison Yurden treasure. But the, the funny thing rusty is, dagger. Yes, the dagger. The, the yes, exactly. But. Uh, and I, I said that this is all I want. Obviously, I can't bring it on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a problem. So they said, oh, no, no, no. We'll ship it to you. We'll ship it to you. So months after the show ended, I get this package. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's it. It's it. And I pull it out. And there it is in the sheath and everything. And I pull the sheath out. And it's a regular knife. It's not the one that has the key cut. No. So, yeah. So I have only the uh, I only have an actual doled out um dagger but it's still great and it's still uh it's the thing that i want 
Oh, I love it. Where is the dagger you want, Steve? You you are the reason we're all here. We need to make that happen for you. <laughs> we'll we'll have to bring it back. We'll have to we'll have to do a Despero movie, which is uh, which yes. is something oh, very exciting. Yes. Okay. So, fan question. Well, we kind of have some of these, I think, answered. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> what would your audition song be? Oh, for American duos. If you audition, that's one of them. Tim, I want to hear what yours would be. Well, it would be whatever my partner, Maggie Lawson, wants to sing. <laughs> well, we'd because have to do, I mean, what did we do? We did Jet Plane together, leaving on a jet plane uh, and a psych out together. This I know. One of my favorites. Um, like I said. Oh, so we also did um, Let's Get Physical. Let's Get Physical. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, that's nice. And it doesn't have to be like a traditional duet. That's the question. I was picking duets, but physical actually isn't. We just made it a duet. We could uh-huh. pick anything we wanted to. <laughs> I think I, I think I do it in the orangutan on a desk in that one. You did. You definitely <laughs> did. And I remember, I think I kept forgetting the words. So it was one of those, like, let's shoot the psych out really quick. It was one of those things like, okay, we're, we have a few minutes left in the day. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get this psych out. And like, I think I put a headband on and you put a headband on. And then and you, we had, like, you had like. Kitten wink, uh, yeah, whiskers or something, whiskers. right? <laughs> what were we? <laughs> the hell are we thinking? Oh, you don't know. Do I know it's because this? it's because of the lyric. Let's get animal, right? And then we start acting like animals. <laughs> yeah, it's physical, physical, animal, animal. <laughs> Let's get animal. Okay, um, Steve, what would yours be? Uh, well, I think if if we were talking about this episode and in in tribute to Les McCune from the Basie Rollers, it would have to be. Uh, rock and Roll Love Letter by the Bay City Rollers, which is the first song on the Wouldn't You Like It album, which everybody should go to Spotify right now. Love it. And uh, it's it's a perfect pop song. Either that or Hey Deanie by Sean Cassidy. <laughs> because, oh. <laughs> because just keeping it in exactly the time frame of, uh, of, the, of the 70s. I love it. I love it. All right. What would you? Okay. So, um, who would get further on uh, American duos? Sean and Gus or Lassie and Jules? Oh, that's hard. That that's hard. hard. I'm gonna say it, Lassie and Jules because I would because have we're you here, <laughs> <laughs> and we get to answer the question. And, exactly. and the guys were so bad doing uh, doing take on, take on me. me. I I actually when I got the dailies back, I was concerned. I go, oh, that's too much. That's <laughs> too bad but for we those of you who don't know which might be all of you but i'm going to tell you now maggie lawson has a beautiful beautiful singing voice oh gosh thank oh, wh- you well so do you tim yeah we, well, we all we all saw the musical we know we all saw the musical <laughs> but I, then sometimes, also in- I sometimes will get i've heard it both ways the song i've heard it both but in my head yes. uh, just for a couple days for no reason at all not because I was listening to it. I mean, maybe I was, but you know, uh, I do. But, but I also do. I get for sort of more contemporary, less musical theater stuff, you kill it. Aw, on oh, Kurt yeah. Smith. Back to Kurt Smith in our earlier reference. That's Kurt Smith, in addition to being our, our dear friend and amazing guest star, literally played our rap party. Amazing. It's true. It's How true. Cool. We had the coolest rap parties. So, oh, we should actually tell them because uh, the, uh, tell, tell our listeners, um, they don't know. We, we, we got to the point in case you guys haven't noticed, we all like to have, have a lot of fun together. So we got to the point where we started, which I don't know what season it was having a midway rap party, like a midway party right. and then like a final rap party. But, but for the final rap parties, we had such 
um, amazing musicians and singers and people across the board, um, you know, starting once again, it all goes back to Steve. Yeah. But you guys, you guys were, were professionals in your own right long before uh, my silly little um, uh, band uh, came into it. So that was all very talented. And it also probably should go to our, our very famous um, AD Richard Coleman, who's a, a great musician in his own right and would organize these and would have rehearsals and, and whatnot. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a, there was a lot of talent yeah. uh on the on the on the crew and and well i think also the, sorry but yeah. um mike mcmurray our season one our main season one dp beautiful mike mcmurray oh, in getting the, in hiring people he just said i just want good musicians because mike was a great musician mike was sort of started at the crew band it's like i just want good good guitar players and musicians so that's why our crew is made up of incredible incredible musicians the yeah. site crew band was the best crew band ever sure. And we would have rap parties where not only would they play and sing songs, we had Kurt Smith who played our rap party. Oh, that was the cool, like our rap rap party. And then we would all sing songs. We'd work with the band, like we'd rehearse with them with like Richard and, and Marco and everybody. And we'd get our songs ready for the party. It was so fun. Yeah, Tim, I remember you sang Closing Time at our, our rap rap <laughs> party. So. One of the highlights. <laughs> oh and that is one of uh that is one of the questions who, who in real life is the biggest tears for fears fan oh I james think. by far Roday. yeah of yeah. course <laughs> yeah. um no question uh let's see what were some of the improvised bits i think we kind of talked about that a little bit um prince we're just now learning was a was a because I, I, that was one of my notes i wrote down i'm like who kid okay, this is this is a very brilliant joke yeah, and that that I to, still to uh, my favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, improvs ever. So um, once again, kudos to to Timothy Amundsen for uh, for bringing magic, beaming with pride that you would think that was funny, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else we have. Oh, oh, we also kind of answered this. Who came up with Bev and Rennie Llewellyn? That was me. That was uh, my my good friend Rennie is his as his first name, which actually isn't even his real first name, but we all called him Rennie. Well, but I Rennie's changed parents the where they came up with that one. I so. <laughs> love that. And where was, oh, right. Where was American duo shot? Wasn't that it? Not, that wasn't at river rock. That was at the other, that was at the other theater, right? I was going to say river rock, but I, once again, I was not there because I was there for 65 million years off with, uh, with the amazing and, uh, utterly, um, fantastic talent, Tim Matheson, oh, from, yeah. uh, who was directed by John Landison animal house was directing that episode. And, uh, um, I was, I was just in heaven, uh, working with him and he was, he was so great. And for some reason, uh, Tim Matheson and Matt Shackman, when they directed on our show, somehow the sky was 20 times bluer than it ever was for any other directors. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but the sky loved them. That's real. That's a funny thing. Matt well, Shackman, who's so yeah. wonderful too. Although Joanna Kearns used to also get amazing weather and I don't know how she did it. So... <laughs> She ha she talked to the sun. The yeah, sun. Exactly. I mean, I am so impressed sometimes when I watch the show and I think about the months of rain and darkness, and then also, but like how sunny and and blue and bright our show always looks. <laughs> well, it's crazy too. And you know, when I when I first started being because at the end of the season, I I direct for the first time, which you know, the Michael Engler, the guy who directed our pilot, and uh, um, who his name shows up on everything uh, is uh, it was said to me in the pilot. He goes, listen, don't do it right away. 
but just throw your name in the hat to say you want to direct it. And he says, you know, the end of the season. And I, I didn't do it at the end of the season, but I said, hey, listen, I'd like to direct. And I did it at the end of the second season, which I hope to come back for that one because that was one of the greatest moments of my life. And uh, well, I think um, you're in yes, already. Of course, you're already booked. <laughs> <laughs> but the way it would work with me and with James is we would have to direct either at the end or at the very beginning so it wouldn't so our preps wouldn't overlap with our other our other obligations so James and I being always brilliant got, writers and credit and executive producers of our show yeah so we we would uh, you know we would have to do we would have to sort of go at the beginning or the end so we always got the guaranteed worst weather you know whether it's early april or late march in vancouver uh, or late october and you know, of course, you're writing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so I, I slowly started shifting mine to where I would come in July, and I'd be there for the great fireworks competition, and and yes, we talked about and yes, which I loved you guys uh, uh, having the epic birthday party uh, wrapped around the fireworks, which uh, which was always such a great event. You guys, I cannot believe we. I, this is a fan question. One more question. Uh, and I can't believe we didn't call this out as a first because I'm pretty sure this was a first. Is this the first episode that the car was called the Blueberry? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. And How did we not all these years horrible later? Hosts I know. <laughs> How did we miss And that? executive producer guest. Yeah. And for it to come out of Tim Curry's mouth is, is just an extraordinary um, honor. Uh, and... Uh, and and so completely well delivered. And for me too, it's hard because I don't I don't write insult comedy so well. So for me to <laughs> to write the Nigel St. Nigel put downs, it was a lot of effort for me, you know. And uh, <laughs> getting it's in touch so with your good. mean side, uh, and all after that. All this time, it's still the blueberry. Yeah. Oh my. Well, I mean, it couldn't be anything else no. uh, at that uh, at that point. <laughs> um, this was. Oh, wait, do we have more? Any more? I think we covered most of my Actually, um, my loves of this episode, even though I feel like I could keep going. I do have one little more insider thing for folks rewatching to check out. When the boys are auditioning and they're doing their warm-ups, it's – and <laughs> oh, James yes. pulls out tonight. his – A keep, a keep, a keep, tonight. a keep. Which I can't remember what that song is or the name of the artist. Who you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yeah, of course. Okay. When they first come. And then tonight. And then tonight. And so Dulé would, for years, would just be off stage, sure. just going, tonight. Or, and then they would, they would, they would um, cue the other one. So Dulé would go, okay. And then James would pick it right up and be like, tonight. <laughs> and then we saw, we saw, I mean, some, I don't know who, I can't remember quite who was there, but we saw that, that singer at River Rock. Yeah. To what he does, keep. I think it's Mike's. I should really. I, keep, I, I try to. It's look Michael it up. McDonald. I keep Michael forgetting. McDonald. Yes, we saw Michael yeah. McDonald because, having worked so much at the River Rock, we kind of became friendly with one of the guys who owns the place and manages it and books. And we, how shows would come in, he would um, we could call, call him up for tickets. So it, I think I think James was there when we saw Mike McDonald. To see him do that oh, song yeah. live was like, oh, this is this is very book ending and lovely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, and oh, by the way, we haven't talked about Christian De La Fuente, right? Uh, oh, he was so great. So oh good. my God. So great. And he became huge after our show. I mean, he, he had like his <laughs> own thing, but he had like this, I'm not because of us, completely not because of us. Really? But it was so, so fantastic. And didn't he like almost win Dancing with the Stars? Yes. Or am, am I wrong? It was Dancing with the Stars. It was some, one of the shows. Yes, he did. He did. 
He completely uh, blew up. And <laughs> I love the reference to the El Pollo Loco guy, but nobody would know those commercials uh, uh, from back then. Oh my God, that was so funny. Um, um, yay. Yeah. Well, thank you I for love- having me here and 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 to get to talk about you know the it's just so many amazing people we get to meet on this journey and you know getting to spend time and and get you know tidbits from john landis was was such an incredible crazy thing and uh he's such a character so larger than life than than any of than any of us were uh on the set and it was just you know you you look back at these things like "Wow, wow we got to do that Maggie, was yeah. this was this the episode or was it uh, a scary cherry where John invited us to see the Smothers Brothers? I think it was this one. At In fact, I'm Rex. pretty sure it was this one. Yeah. Um, that And that's the theater. Wherever we went to see them, I believe, uh, was where we shot duos. Okay, that was, was, so it was definitely River Rock different, then. Different. It was River Rock for sure. Yeah. So, the, so you were right, Steve. It yep. was River Rock. I'm getting it confused with some other theater, but yes. So it was River Rock, and that is where we saw them, and that is because of Landis. And we went backstage after. And I, I still have this great right. picture of all of us there, and um, or Dick's mother's being uh, rather taken with Allison. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> In this picture, like, dude, back off my wife. She's like, hello, <laughs> dear. Who are you? <laughs> like, I'm standing right here, Dick. That was, I remember that. I remember that. He, he, he really, he was really taken with Allison. <laughs> Just um, to take to the surrealness of our show. Yeah, one um, minute we're suddenly in a limousine, in the back of a limousine with John Landis, driving the 45 minutes down to the River Rock and him telling us stories of how he got into the business. Like, what is happening to my life? It's amazing. <laughs> and Steve, and- way to start off season two of the most amazing podcast the world's ever known. I uh, I love this podcast. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. I'm very excited. I, I'm so happy something like this exists. It's uh, it's an embarrassment of riches to be able to listen to you guys uh, tell stories about all these really amazing adventures that we got to have and and learn a little bit and uh, and reminisce and uh, and and then still think about the future as well because Absolutely. we have more psych movies to do and uh, yeah we, we just you, gotta, you gotta get Billy Ocean in there so yes. I'm like yeah 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 listen we started slowly with our with our uh, Val Kilmer and it paid <laughs> off at the uh, at the end of our series we start we worked it up with uh, with Kurt Smith so it's a uh, it's a slow burn thing for so us so Emilio Estevez and uh, and now we're and um, Billy Ocean and uh, I mean Billy Ocean reference yes 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 okay. yes I would Okay, I, okay. I have I have my marching orders and I have my goals and Devin uh, says and, and Devin, yes and <laughs> Devin. and somebody called Billy Eilish, yeah and exactly. Eilish. I mean we have we got we have a lot, we have a lot to do still, you guys. It's, it's so exciting when you hear that. Like I used I was really excited when I heard that the kid from Two and a Half Men liked the show and that you know the <laughs> Billy Eilish is like a, a whole different level. Yes, yes. It's, it's higher than that. So, um, good. when this episode comes out, we're gonna have to tag uh, Billy on Twitter. I assume oh, she's on Twitter. Yes. And so, say, are your ears burning? Because they're gonna be. There was a thing someone sent me a while back that said, and I, I don't. That she was like, it was like she was at like a comic con or something, and she said she made a psych fan film. And uh, I don't know if she was was goofing on on that, but uh, I would love to see that. 
That's what I... We want to see your psych (laughs) fan film. Did you really go to Comic-Con? How did we not know this? (laughs) And what it probably is, she's like, oh, wait, wait, what? What show? Did I mention that? (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. But that's okay. That's okay. But anyway, she's awesome. So we we like her. So if she likes us back, then then, uh, that's, that's just glorious for us. But you know who we really like? Steve the Frank. psychos and the people who listen to the show, oh. and Steve Franks, <laughs> Steve the Frank. godfather of our psych family, and of course Tim and Maggie and Allison and Devin, oh, yes, we, yes, and Emily, and Emily, and uh, but really, uh, yes, yeah, psychos, we we love you, and um, and and we're excited about Billie Eilish, but we are we we mostly just love you. So thanks for spending the uh, the last uh, you know ninety seven minutes with us, <laughs> cutting down to fifty three. Oh no, we're not cutting any of this except the parts that I said. Devin, cut this. <laughs> All of this stays in. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah. Well, it's every time cool. my dogs bark, um, then we can we can we can do some tightening. I, I will say one more thing too is just like going into season two. It was the first time that any of us had had a season two of anything. And I want to say like, little did we know, but I think we kind of did know how special this was. I don't think we knew we'd still be doing it, but I think we did know by then it was like between you, Steve, and and the writers starting to explore. And this episode, I think, is what you were saying. Like, this is like, here's here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to push it. Here's what we're going to be. Like the fun that we got to have, um, this was, uh, we were, we were in it now. Like we were in the groove and we were pushing it and they were letting us and you were letting us. And so anyway, I think we certainly knew how we all loved each other. Hmm? We certainly knew how much we all loved each other. That's what I mean. I think, I, I think we did actually know, I think at that point we were like, holy moly, this is, this is next level special. Even if it's just one more season, you know, we were so superstitious. None of us bought a place. None of us, like, we'd never wanted to like jinx anything. So, um, because we just wanted to hold on to it. So, and we're now we're still here and we're talking about it and we get to, we get to talk to you, Steven. And we're making the best podcast in the world. That's right. Well, and without laying the groundwork for this, you know, later on in this season, we're going to do lights, camera, homicidio. And (gasps) without this groundwork, we would never have gotten away with any of that. (laughs) That's. I can't wait. Yeah, oh, so, it's so good. Oh, every episode, every episode you're mentioning, I'm like, yeah, it's so good. You got to get Shackman All for right. that one. Love you guys so much. Um, thank you. You are the best, the absolute best ever. And mm. and literally come back every. If you want to do um, the next one, uh, come back for the next. Come back for the one after that. Come back for anything you want. You literally I'm, I'm, send a list and be like, these are all the ones we want to do. And we're like booked. Okay. <laughs> I am, I am happy and excited to do this. This is, okay. this is a gift and uh, I'll be here whenever you need me. All right. We love you, Tim. You are a joy to see. Love you both. I know. Okay, I'm, so happy. I'm so happy to see both your faces, Tim. I love you. I'll call you in five minutes. Okay. Bye. What a super fun way to start off season two. This is so special. Thank you guys again for listening to our podcast. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram at the psychologists are in and our Twitter at psychologist pod. We love you guys so much. Thank you for joining our love fest every week. We will see you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.